A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda to Dorkin Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. First of July, you're very welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. have to do my little saying, as I do on the first day of every month. From my calendar, it says, Constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust and hostility to evaporate. I love that saying. That's the one to keep in mind for the month ahead. And it's only a pity that both sides in this divided world wouldn't consider that and it'll be a far different place. It certainly would. Welcome to the show this Friday afternoon. We're packed between now and 3.30. We began the week with an appeal from a distraught mother looking for a home in Navin. She couldn't get anywhere to rent. There was literally nowhere. And thank you. We had some offers subsequently, and that's a work in progress. But we finished the week by returning to the topic. And I'm delighted to say hello to someone who's been a guest of mine in the past on the show. She's so well known for her YouTube channel, Ditch Witch. She's an artist, musician, documentary maker. And she loves Dundalk, but she's leaving. Tara Tyne, welcome back to Late Lunch. (laughs) Hiya, Jerry. How are you? It's great to be back. Oh, thank you for joining me today. Well, I was really sad to read what Margaret Roddy wrote in that brilliant article in the Argus this week, that you're actually leaving us. Just tell our listeners, why are you leaving? Well, I mean, we hadn't a hope of being able to buy a house in Dundalk, really. You know, when you're a creative type and you kind of rely on your creativity for your living, well... It sort of, it, you know, it prices a lot of us out of the market, um, to be very honest with you, Jerry. So it is, it's a little bit sad for us having to leave, especially Dave. He's only ever lived in Dundalk. Mm. Um, but I've lived in the countryside myself in the past. And I sort of had been thinking over the past few years, you know, the chances of us being able to buy a house on the East Coast or anywhere near it slim to none so we're going to have to start thinking outside of the box and um, I've been keeping an eye on the likes of Donegal Roscommon Leitrim that kind of thing because you know also kind of the lifestyle over west is a lot more laid back to and Mm. you know a lot wilder and and very beautiful over there so there's a lot to be said for that too there's a few pull factors as well as the the one big obvious push factor you know yes but look (laughs) at the the, the reality is uh, if you had because I was reading, you, you've uh, rented in 20 different addresses and at one stage it was that bad you had to actually go back to your mammy before you got a place to rent again. I want to ask you these two questions. Had you got a place to rent at a reasonable rate yourself and David, would that have kept you here? We probably would have hung on for a bit longer, I'd say. Yeah, I, I mean, when it comes to buying, really, we've known for a long time that our chances of just being able to kind of settle um, for, you know, more than a year or two at a time, because I find that's the big thing now these days is that, you know, you're only living in a house for a couple of years and you just start to get comfortable and maybe, you know, put a few veg or a few flowers in the garden and the next thing. And it's, it's not always the landlord's fault. A lot mm. of the time they're put in a position where they have no choice but to sell up. Mm. But I've had that happen to me an awful lot. And, it, you know, it starts to take a bit of a toll on your mental health as well, Jerry. So yeah. you have to start thinking about long term, you know, are we going to be able to keep managing this 
or are we going to just try and jump ship now and move into the the buyer market as opposed to the rental market? Yes. So, you know, it does it does kind of just come to a stage in life where you can't really be uprooted every every few years mm. and um so i suppose at some point we definitely would have gone looking to buy anyway but i would say now with all of the creative stuff we have going on in town at the minute <laughs> we might have held on a bit longer if we'd had another option probably yes. But. yes and that was the second part of my question you've answered it already of course the ultimate game is to have your own place and buy that place and that is not an option for you either but here come here Taratine. let's get really a a minute from the metropolis of Dundalk to the wilds of Leitrim it's quite yes. quite a step like you know it is it's quite a step indeed and as I say for Dave that has only ever lived in the town uh, he might find it a bit of a culture shock but I think I'll be okay I, I've lived in Galway and in Waterford in the past um, and I actually I spent my me, me teens living in Inneskeen so I'm kind of well used to the countryside and I love it to be honest now because you know yourself Jerry. I'll be out doing the foraging in mm. the autumn time and I love to have a big garden there and yes. um, just the country living really suits me and then since I got into the, the history and uh, folklore and mythology with doing the YouTube channel like there's a pile of it over there too mm. so for me it's really just like finding new ditches to explore <laughs> um, but there will of course be a, a lot of challenges involved in, in the actual move itself so um, I'm, I'm sharing as much of that as I can with YouTube if people want to follow along you know they, they can yeah. laugh at our complete lack of progress or uh, you know, hopefully celebrate our achievements with us too. Ah, so. you will. You will achieve. I know you will. And, and, and I wish you all the best of that. But look, there's the, something strikes me. I've seen pictures of the cottage. Now, there's a bit of work to be done and quite a bit. And I know you, you, you've planned for this yourself because you've a, a mobile home uh, ready to go. There's a bit of work to be done there, I know. And that will get you onto the site. You're going to live in that as you do the work. But here's the question that I suppose people want to know. In terms of the outlay to buy the place in Leitrim and get the mobile home and then do the work, have you had to borrow so far? Or if you are going to borrow, where are you going to go? Because you said you're an artist. It's very hard to get a mortgage when you're an artist. It is indeed, Jerry. Um, luckily, we had some of the money set aside. Um, I got a small, small inheritance a couple of years ago and I just kind of saved it and added to it and things like that. And we were able to bridge the difference uh, with what we needed, getting the mobile home and get it, get, getting it set up and that with a loan from the credit union. Okay. So I would highly recommend to people that they do go and talk to their local credit unions because um, there's access to finance out there that people don't even realise, you know. Um, like, I'd be big into doing things for as little as possible. I was never expecting to just walk on site and be able to do the house straight up. Mm. But for actually buying it, for getting set up um, and for getting moved over there, you know, the credit union have just been fantastic. They've really helped us make it from kind of A to B. Well, we haven't actually made it to B yet, Jerry, <laughs> but <laughs> they'll be the ones assisting us, you know. No, the great and and I, I have to say always I've spent I joined it when I was very young myself and it's always been so great to have it by your side the credit union through my lifetime as well so look at you you're not on the massive financial stress by any means this is the great thing about this you have a, a home now and a nice piece of ground with it your mobile home and you're you won't be at night time you know worrying about a big financial burden on your back yeah, that's exactly it, Jerry. Is that we can plan going forward, you know, we can see through to the future because every day isn't going to be a struggle like, you know, worrying about where we're going to be living in 12 months' time and, you know, we know it's going to be a long slog doing the house up um, as I say, I'm really doing into doing things for very little or for nothing where possible so we're going to really enjoy the journey of kind of settling into, you know, more permaculture and sustainability and uh, sustainable energy, renewable energy sources and that kind of thing. So it's going to be a great big adventure for us and um, it'll be a total overhaul of lifestyle 
But the peace, I think, that we're going to get from that because people out there are really, really suffering these days and we know all about it. You know, I, I've been feeling that pinch as the, the market's been getting worse for several years now and it seems in the, in the last couple of years it's gotten particularly bad. So people are really, really, really struggling and I think with not having to worry about, you know, where you're going to be living in 12 months' time, you can start to kind of get over the shock of <laughs> all the house moving and all the, you know, getting noticed to move out, your house is being sold and you can start to really get over that and plan for the future. So that's very, very important to us. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we can start thinking in terms of um, family as well as career as yes. opposed to just trying to hold it on together mm. for the sake of staying where the work is, you know. Oh, this but is, yeah. I suppose COVID as well really improved things for people too. There's probably a lot more people than us now looking at moving uh, maybe more westerly because um, I think with the, the invention of remote work and people being able to do all their work mm. from home, that's going to open things up something serious, mm. I think. I hope for people, you know, just that more options come up of because course. Uh, it's, it's really, really tough out there now. It's shocking to think that someone, you know, in their 30s, you know, this is your first step on the ladder and that it's taken so long and that, as you say, there are lots of people in the same boat as yourselves and... Uh, Thank God this has happened for you because it, it, it is exciting as well. And I'm just thinking here, you're going to follow this on the YouTube channel, yes? This is going to yes. be a work in progress, which is fantastic. Grand Designs, Tara. Grand Designs. <laughs> Give Kevin McLeod a shout, will you? Oh, I'd only love to meet Kevin McLeod. So I'll tell I. You, I don't know if we have the budget for his kind of grand design, though, to be honest. <laughs> It'll be more like slow and steady design. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Tara, I, I follow that show and I really love it myself and I'd love to meet him and seriously I've seen a number of examples of what you're setting out and I'm sure you've seen them yourself where it's taken quite a number of years and people have lived in mobile homes and bit by bit they got it done so don't knock it don't knock it it's not (laughs) off the agenda by any means but look at um, it's 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 uh, it's good news in one way and I have to say and I won't take away from it I know you love Dundalk and you, you're part of the community there. I, both of you are. And you said David has lived all his life there. And I, I know it's exciting and it's new and everything, but it's shocking that you have to leave. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, if you take the <laughs> the kind of positive uh, that we're moving towards, if you take that out of the equation and we're just thinking about how we actually feel about leaving Dundalk, it is very sad. You know, we're both very sad at the prospect of it because we have such a great network here and we have such deep roots here. Do you know, like our families are from here going back generations and to me that's into the history and folklore, like that's very important. But so is mental health, you know, and you re- yeah. it comes to that point where you really have to make that decision and it is sad that people are having to make that decision. But then I suppose, you know, if you talk to the people in... Leitrim and Roscommon and some of the lesser populated counties like they're also delighted to see people with you know especially younger people with talents and skills coming in to try and revitalise um, you know their communities yes. over there because their population has just been dropping and dropping with emigration and people just having to move to the cities and things like that so I suppose you know for us it is very sad having to go but we're trying not to focus on that Well done to you congratulations to yourself and David we wish you well our good wishes are with you and uh, I hope everything really does work out for you I know you're not you're only a couple of hours away from the dock that's the great thing you can come back and, and you'll be in touch I'm sure it's exciting yeah. and it's sad at the same time but we wish you the very very best and uh, take care of yourself it's not the last thank time we're so going to talk Jerry. Yeah, it's great Tara thank, Star, thank you so much and Ta- thanks for having me not at all delighted to have you on the show let's take care of yourself that's Tara Tyne there in Dundalk and moving now let's go to County Meath now and have a chat with Kerry Garcia hello Kerry uh, hello. Kerry, how are you? Thanks for joining me on the show. Kerry, uh, welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You're originally from where? Spain, is it? Yes, from uh, Tenerife in the Canary Islands. Okay, and you've come to me along with your girlfriend to work uh, in Ashbourne, is it? Yes, well, it's my fiancé, but yes, correct, in Ashbourne. Oh, God, God, it's a step further on your fiancé. I beg your pardon, your fiancé and yourself okay. are here. And you're both working in Ashbourne. Now, tell our listeners, where are you living at the moment? Well, at the moment, um, 
unfortunately, we the only thing we could book because we only had a week's notice. Like, obviously, we're very grateful. Like, we we got a job here, but we're having to stay at a hotel, and um, we were hope we can afford to stay there for like a few weeks. But like, we were really hoping to find accommodation. We've been here two weeks by now, mm. and um, we checked uh, everything. We've checked newspapers, uh, Facebook uh, websites, even uh, posted notices on supermarkets and uh, contacted uh, agencies. But unfortunately, we haven't had anything yet. And because obviously we can't really afford to stay at a hotel for much longer. So you cannot, you're in a, a, a different scenario to Tara that I was speaking to a moment ago. You just want to rent for the time that you're living and working here. And you've looked everywhere and there's nothing. You can get nothing. Exactly. Even I have uh, some family that live in, uh, in Nas, I believe it's pronounced. Sorry, it might not be correct. And they've been, my uncle Liam and my aunt Mary, and they've been, uh, they were the ones who managed to book the hotel for us. But like, and they've been searching as well and trying to help and contact, trying to contact landlords, but we haven't had any luck so far. And are you paying hotel rates each night? You're on a hotel rate where you're staying. I know you're staying in the Pilo Hotel in Ashbourne and lucky to have it with a roof over your head. You, you pay the, the rate? Uh, yes. And, and you know, that wouldn't be cheap, I, I have to say. R- roughly, what, what's it costing each of you a night? Or, or do, you, do you rent the room, is it, for a night for, for both of you? Yeah. Yes. Well, at the moment, we, it's, we're doing it for a week. We actually managed to get, like, a, a bit of a of a decrease ratio because it is a business expense. But it is approximately, uh, uh, roughly around 800 a week. Right. So, and, eight... uh, obviously... Sorry? Yeah, go on ahead. And... Uh, Obviously, like, we're grateful, like you said, to have a roof over our head at the moment. Unfortunately, like, I obviously understand they have their policies, but we cannot have, uh, like, uh, cook any food that we can't, like, wash. I mean, because we can't afford the, the hotel's rates in that sense. So we were, like, just looking, we'd be happy with just a place where we could, like, uh, uh, cook and, and wash our clothes. And, yeah, which obviously at the moment we can't with the hotel, which obviously I understand they have their policies, but we can't really... You know, like all we've had since we've come over has been like pre-cooked food or like sandwiches mostly, you know. So you're living off takeaways. You can't wash your own clothes. You're really like a, a permanent hotel guest. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. Rent-wise, w- w- what do you reckon? You know, like rents are expensive. I'm sure you've been looking around as well. Any any rents that are, uh, are, yeah. are, are available, and, and there's very few in your area, are quite expensive. But you feel between the two of you working in that, you, you'd be able to afford a rent at the, the levels they're at at the moment, yes? Yes, of course. We've, we've contacted many, and even in neighbouring cities like uh, Rathos, I believe it's called, sorry, my pronunciation is a bit... Uh, I'm still learning all the... Like, <laughs> Rathos will be delighted you called it a city. I have to say that. They're just made oh, in Rathos this yeah. afternoon. But yes, I know what you're talking about. The surrounding areas from Ashbourne there, all the different yeah. towns around you've been looking as well uh, w- with no joy. How long can you sustain this for before it's unsustainable? Well, at the moment, I would say roughly around like three weeks approximately. Like obviously maybe uh, another week with like because we do have like like i said uh, my uncle liam who's like really been supportive and everything mm. and my family but like realistically not much longer we were really hoping because we we are prepared to pay for accommodation like rent wise like we've contacted so many uh unfortunately we haven't got uh even if, even if it was just like a room we're not we're not very like picky we're like very easygoing people like mm. all we need is just a roof over our head and a place to cook and wash really not like anything you know, yes. So yeah, like we we are ready to to pay n- normal rates. The people okay. are asking for rent. Yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying, and and just to let our listeners know, your mum is Irish, Kerry, and that's the connection with here with with Ireland and coming here. If you got a place to stay, you know, and and a proper place where you can cook for yourself, wash for yourselves, and 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 live life like most people want to do, not as a guest in a hotel, are you going to stay in Ireland for some months or a couple of years? What's your plans? In Ireland, in Ireland, I in Ireland, to yeah. start a new life with my fiance. Uh, like I, I uh, we, we decided it was the best option because in Spain, well, in Tenerife, like I mentioned before, it's so overpopulated. I yeah. tried like for the better half of a year to get jobs there, but for every job, uh, it was ten thousands of people competing. Mm. And like uh, we did spend a few months to try and get jobs here, but you know, there's so much more opportunity here. 
and like obviously with the Messianza, she's Hungarian by the way, and uh, so she doesn't speak Spanish fluently, but she speaks English very well. Yeah. So we thought this is the best place yes, to, to start come. your life. So. Yes, so what you're saying to me is you're here for the long haul if you can sort out the accommodation. Folks, anybody in the Ashbourne retote that area with a place to rent, uh, you know, Kerry and his fiance are desperately looking to stay here and work here and contribute, but they want to cook for themselves. They want to be able to live life normally. If there's anybody listening out there today that can help, again, I say 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text to me here in the show, or you can call in on 041-983-2000. It's just another example of the desperate plight of people who are trying to find accommodation here in Ireland. Kerry, I have to leave it there. Thank you for joining me on the show okay Thank take you care of yourself not at all you're you're very welcome i hope i hope something comes up for you i really do do you know your irish wildlife sounds sean renane does he's with us after two and we'll also bring you your tv theme competition then we pushed it back a little because on the way to news and weather at two let's have our comedy on friday and this is just a classic from fools and horses Hello. Hello, love. Blimey, you're not Raquel, are you? I can be anyone you want me to be. <laughs> what I mean is you're not an actress, are you? Well, I've played a few demanding roles in my time. <laughs> There's a very nice little hotel round the corner. Why don't we go and discuss it there? No, sorry, it's all right. There's been a mistake, you know. It's my fault entirely. Sorry. Oh. You're one of those who just likes to talk, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, there's been a mistake, a genuine mistake, right? I'm waiting for someone and I thought that you... I'm beginning to lose my rag with you, sweetheart. Now, I'm going to count to ten, right? Then I'm going to shove these flowers right up your... <laughs> you realise that will be extra? <laughs> Uh, hello. Look, he nearly nicked one of your mates just now, so I'd have it away on your toes if I were you. Is it Derek? Raquel? Yes. Oh. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. No, no. I should apologise for being so late. Oh. You know what these trains are like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you been waiting long? Well, since about ten o'clock this morning. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Uh, these are for you. Are oh, we shouldn't have gone to all this expense. May we? May we? Well, um, I've booked a table at my most favourite restaurant, if that is all right with you. Oh, yes, sounds lovely. Right. <clears throat> well, your carriage awaits. Thank you. <clears throat> this is a bit like Brief Encounter, isn't it? <laughs> Do you reckon? That's my favourite film. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's mine. Yeah, mine. Really? Yeah. My favourite bit is when the uh, big spaceship comes down and all the little Martians come out. That's close encounters. Yeah, I love it. Uh, simply superb. Classic comedy from Fools and Horses, Del Boy and Raquel when they meet for the first time. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now, you know on Late Lunch we absolutely love our wildlife, but I think I have a man on uh, the show with me now who loves it more than most. He's the creator of Irish Wildlife Sounds. It's simply fantastic. He's an ornithologist and I'm delighted to have him with us on Late Lunch. Sean Ronane, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Delighted to have you with me today. I'm right at home, to be honest with you. Tell us about you, because I see you say sound recording is your passion. Where did all this begin for you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it began from a very young age, really. So I've always been interested in wildlife because of, of my family. So my father and grandfather 
are both avid ornithologists. So from a very young age, they would bring me out and expose me to, to all sorts of you know birds and mammals and. Uh, they would even point out different different bird sounds when I was in the pram to me. So I started off at about I don't know <laughs> one or two years of age, really. Like so, it was bound to bound to stick, you know. It certainly has, and boy, has it stuck for sure. Now you're an ornithologist, as I said, and and birds you, you love, but you've recorded sounds, and you are in the process of recording sounds of all creatures, great and small, in the Irish countryside. I just looked at you uh, last evening, and and you at work. Is that a Zoom recorder? you're using along with other specialist gear? Um, no, it's not a Zoom, rec- Zoom recorder. What you probably saw was an Olympus LS12. Ah, right. That's, yeah. that's the main recorder. And yes. the main microphone I use then is, is actually a parabola. So that's a Dodatronic high sound stereo parabola, which is an amazing piece of kit. So that's what I, I use to really focus in on single species because what it does is it muffles out the sounds to the left and right and behind mm. and it just... Uh, whatever you point at, it, it it really gives you a sharp uh, sound from that. Yeah, that target. was something I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, especially when you're out recording birds, should those yeah. other fellas come and left, right and centre at you? And yeah. you explain now, you're able to do that. You're able to hone in oh, on one. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, with this tool, you can isolate. Yes. Um, to an extent, no. I mean, if there's a very large flock or a seabird <laughs> colony, for example, yeah. there's only so much you can do. But uh, if there was a bird singing from the tree and there happened to be something to the left and the right of it, if you focus this in on the bird uh, in the middle, it will drown out the birds to the left and the right. It'll just make them softer and a little bit quieter and, and bring them back into the background of the sound, really, you know. Yes, and, you know, you, you're out and about yourself, but you also put equipment in place that works away by itself. You don't have to be there. That's right, yeah. So I've, I have two approaches, really. Uh, broadly speaking one is, is the one I just described and the other then I have autonomous devices around the country so I have two two main ones really one is in West Cork Lissa Griffin and Mizzen Head and the other one then is near Ross Lair in Wexford so the idea of these is to monitor nocturnal migration of birds and they're programmed to turn on uh, approximately one hour before sunset and about two hours after sunrise so I'm still mm. capturing some of the daytime stuff there as well so there's there's two sides to that that's there's kind of a, I'm taking a scientific approach and, and analysing what birds are coming over and in what numbers and, and when but also I'm using it to to capture sounds the easy way while I'm sitting at home or, or, or even sleeping at home <laughs> you know, so. it's amazing isn't it anyway let's yeah. have a listen to some of the sounds that you have recorded let's begin with this first and we'll play it and then you we'll play each of them in turn and then you and I will talk about them here's the yeah. first sound that Sean recorded recently here we go Now, Sean, that is very familiar. That's a sound that's very familiar. Now, it's actually easing off uh, in recent weeks, but say back late April into May, June, you can really hear it. It's the dawn chorus, isn't it, of course? Exactly, yeah. So I was up bright and early for that one. That was actually on the shoreline of Loch Ree, so St. John's Wood, it's called, up in West Mead. Um, so that was about, I don't know, half five, six o'clock in the morning. Mm. Uh, so I suppose the main component you're hearing there is blackbird. Um, and the reason I sound recorded there is because of the fact that it's just it's separated from any man man made noise. I was deep inside the woodland, and it's actually a native woodland. Uh, it's an ancient woodland, so it's very natu- a very natural setting. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, I, like I, I'm up early in the mornings myself, and and at, there's a peak, there's a real peak. I think in May time it comes, and then it eases up. But it's absolutely beautiful, and that yeah. is such a pure sound as well. Let's hear this one because this is this is one. Uh, it, this is a very private creature, really. And I'm, I I want to know how you got this fella. Let's yeah. have a listen. Well, go on, you tell them what that is. Yeah, so that's actually an otter. Mm. So this recording was made while I was at home in bed. <laughs> this is one of my autonomous devices that I had set out in Ross Lair, this one. So this otter was actually out feeding and it, it must have walked right by the recorder and it, it just started vocalising with another animal. So there's two, there's two vocalising to and fro there. And and they are shy creatures. It's hard to capture them. You must have been delighted when you got that one. Absolutely, yeah. But surprisingly, it's 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 a sound that turns up quite a lot on these recorders at night time because they're a nocturnal species. So yeah. 
while we're while we're asleep, they're up and about and and, and hunting and, and fishing and, and doing what they do. You know. There you go. They live on the other side of the uh, daylight to ourselves, exactly. and and yeah. uh, and they're about. It, it, it's lovely to hear it. It really is. Now this one, I have a question for you. When we listen, here's the third sound. Let's have a listen. Yeah. I take it, Sean, that if you were there, you had to change your clothes when you went home. <laughs> no, no, no. I was actually... So this is a seabird colony in Wicklow. But the beauty of the parabola is you can be you can be quite far back from sound, especially when it's a loud sound like that. Because it's it's like, I suppose, if you compare it to a camera now, if you ever see the zoom lenses on a camera, the parabola has the same effect. It, it amplifies sound. Mm. So I was nowhere near these birds, so they didn't have the chance to, to do the business on me. Yet, <laughs> to decorate I, you, yeah. yeah. So what, you're, what you're mostly hearing there are guillemots nesting on, on, on cliff edges. Um, yes Wicklow head there oh yeah fabulous sound and you know what when you listen to the sound and in your mind's eye you can picture it can't you that's the great oh yeah absolutely yeah that's the great thing about it now the next little creature I have a familiarity with as well and I'll tell you in a moment but let's have a listen to this little tiny creature the grasshopper Sean so this is actually a grasshopper warbler. Is it? So it's even though it sounds like a grasshopper, yeah. it is in fact a bird. I see. Um, okay. Hence the name because it's a bird that sounds like a grasshopper. So this is actually the song of the bird. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a song of the tradi- traditional sense of things. It's not like a you know a melodic blackbird yes. or anything like that. But this is how they sing. Well, and, uh, I have to say you caught me. I'm caught yeah. me pants down there because it does. Though seriously though, you will verify this. It does sound like the little grasshopper in the grass, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So these these sing at night time. Um, in particular, they sing in kind of scrubby, often wet areas. And this bird was singing from Cahor Marsh in County Wexford. So it was in the dunes there in some scrub singing. This was at about, I'd say, half eleven at night time. So it's pitch black. And I just crept right up to the area it was singing from, set up my parabola, put in my headphones and sat back and listened to it. And you can even hear, you could hear the waves in the background there of the sea yes. behind us. An unusual bird, indeed, that I, I wouldn't have heard much about. And just while we're on birds, um, here's something that that I heard you uh, speaking about some time back. Yeah. Birds of the same species uh, yeah. that sing, their song varies from place to place in the country. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they'd have their own dialects, you know. So... It's, it's akin to our own accents and our own, so let's say certain regions or towns would have their own slang even. Birds are the same. So if you, if you sound recorded a population of, I don't know, a common species like a chaffinch, uh, where I'm based here now in Cove, and then you went up the country to Drogheda and, and recorded another population, they'd almost certainly have a different variation in, in song. Isn't that just unbelievable? So accents, our feathered friends, display them as well. Let's have a listen to another fantastic recording that you've made of another bird. Sean, that sounds like a message coming from outer space to planet (laughs) Earth, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got to say, this is one of my favourite bird sounds. And this is a species which... Um, we need to be particularly mindful of because it's in serious decline. It's, a, it's one of many species that's at risk in the country. So it's a lapwing, also called a pewit, <laughs> named after that strange sound. It's very, as you say, it's almost intergalactical, you know. <laughs> but uh, this, these were birds displaying at night time in Tecumption in County Wexford. So again, this was an, an autonomous recording. I, I wasn't present when this was made. We have one more, and I have to say, even before I play it, it is my favourite, too, of the recordings. They're all marvellous, but there's something special about that. Here's a bog-standard bard on Late Lunch today. Oh, Sean, they're everywhere, aren't they? So the thing thing about this one, though, this moorhen, is the fact that this was recorded in an area where there shouldn't be moorhen because there there was no water. But actually... Moorhen are highly migratory at night time and they're very vocal when they're migrating. So 
you can literally hear these anywhere. You could hear them over the city centre at night time, mm. especially in spring and autumn. And this was a bird in active migration at about two o'clock in the morning flying over my house in Mallow. There you go, so that's isn't that? that that's one. a story and a half. And the other thing uh, I, I wanted to mention to you, they're great mimics. I know I have starlings and they yeah. do this sound like a bomb dropping, you know, from high pitched right down. But uh, yeah. many, many species are great at mimicking. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, most most pastorines are capable of mimicry. And when I say pastorines, I mean, I mean small perching birds. Uh, starling would be the most famous, I suppose. But I, I think that uh, a bird called common white-throat is probably the most skilled mimic we have. And this is a species which winters south of the Sahara. And when they first return uh, in around mid-April, if you catch them early enough when they're singing, they'll still be mimicking birds that they heard in the African wintering grounds and the Iberian Peninsula from when they migrated up north. And I've recorded this myself. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. The wonders of the natural world. They never cease to astound. In terms of birds, what have you? You're heading for, what, 160 species you've recorded. How many to go? Um, so my target is, is 210 species and I have 171 species oh, secured right. now. Very good. So oh, you're making, there. you're making rapid progress there. even since I last checked. And there you go. Are you going to make it all the way for sure? And of course, the other sounds of the other creatures as well. Where can people, you know, listen in and find out more about you? Yeah, so there's a number of places you can find me. If you go into Google and just type in Irish Wildlife Sounds, you'll find my website, irishwildlifesounds.com. I'm also on Twitter. You'll find a link to my Twitter in the website or if you go into Twitter itself and type in at Sounds Irish. They're the two main the two main places where you can find my sounds. But the idea eventually is when I, when I gather all of the sounds, I hope to make uh, something that I can share on a broader scale, you know. Yes. Well, I listen. Something along those lines. You're marvellous and, and you're bringing something to people who would never, ever have the opportunity, you know, to hear uh, what you have recorded. Good luck with the remainder of this. I just love what you do. I really yeah. do. And I appreciate you joining me today, Sean. Yeah, thanks very much, Sherry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sean Ronane there. IrishWildlifeSounds.com Enjoy. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We have your competition next. Stand by. Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and maybe satisfy me. Yes, that song fronted a major TV advertising campaign for a big, big company. What's the company's name for the prize on late lunch this afternoon? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Louise, do you know? For a change, I do. <laughs> oh, well, don't, don't say a word. Great song. Keep it, it's a very yeah. a great song. And indeed, on Monday on late lunch, we will be talking Elvis Presley and a very interesting angle, an Irish angle on Elvis with the movie now out and riding high in the charts. Fabulous oh, movie. Everybody, everybody's talking about it that goes to see it. But we have a very interesting man joining us on late lunch on Monday uh, to take it, well, to talk about Elvis and Ireland. Now, Louise... I, I, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, uh, but our Eamon was telling me a little earlier on he was filling up his tank on his car and he's putting twice as much nearly in now, you know, with the, with the cost of fuel. But where he went to get it, the people were telling him that they have a projection ahead on fuel prices. You know right. what I mean? They're looking uh-huh. at what's coming down the tracks. Do you want me to bring you the news or will I not say anything? Do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Before I start flexing my muscles, I'll be able to push the car soon. Two euro eighty-five a litre on the way. Oh dear! Soon. I hate to you be. You may the, ring me the, at the, home. The bring, <laughs> I hate to be the bearer <laughs> of bad news, but that's just uh, something to mention today. I got diesel yesterday yeah. on the way to Navan for two mm. thirteen. There you go. Which you, is good. You did very well. I did See, very did. well. But uh, just to to um, give people a heads up on that there, and I don't like to say it, but that's what it could be. Our, that's that's a projection. That is a projection. Somebody in the business two eighty five for a liter. Anyway, you'll you'll still, I'd say, be happy when you go to the. Booth 
boot of your car, find the stash that's in there. <laughs> Katrina, there's a stash in the boot of the car. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you pick out your new... I got jellies. You pick out your new Tato crisps. Yeah. No, I don't think I'll go there. Will what you do not? you think? I don't, I don't think Fizzy so either. cola bottle is the new flavour for Christmas. They've just announced, Tato. haven't they? They've just announced, Tato. That Sweet fizzy cola bottles. Yep. Sweet fizzy cola bottle Tato crisp flavour. Mm. Flavour. Yeah. Now, I mentioned Couldn't before, be nice. I do love Tato crisps. Mm. Uh, with cola. With cola. And I, I like that. I like that. I think that's a nice combination. Cheese and onion with cola. Coca-Cola. Um, is it, lovely. A, a chilled glass. It's beautiful. Or I do have them with the milk too. I told you that before. Mm. You don't think much of that. And I know a lot of people don't. They wouldn't. Might, cold milk with crisps. Lovely too. But I don't know. Putting the cola flavour into the crisp itself. No. We'll try no, they them. did. It's not the first. The, remember they brought out the Tato chocolate bar? Because mm. people were saying, oh, mixed chocolate and crisps mm. is lovely. Mm. But as a bar, mm. but definitely not fizzy cola flavour crisps. Well, not sure. I, I, I love um, one person on Twitter said it was the worst thing to happen potatoes in Ireland since the famine. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. That it is, is brilliant. That's a very clever comment. Anyway, you're stocked up for, for, for your, your journeys or whatever. And I, I folks... She knows now what a lemon sh- sherbet is, but you you said I I ate them the wrong way. She destroyed it. our Louise. Just I, I, I crunched. I, I nearly had to leave the room. I nearly had to leave the room because I gave her a packet today. I forgot to bring them Very in noisy. because you told me last week you'd never heard of sherbet. I didn't sherbet with the, the lovely, lovely sweet with uh, shaped like a um, a lemon, a lemon. Yes, a lemon sherbet shaped like a lemon with the with the fizz in the middle, and you have to Louise. They have them in strawberry or lemon. You have to suck them <laughs> and then wait for them just to burst and, and, and the the the, um, the fizz comes into your mouth and it gives you that sensation. All I could hear was crunch, <laughs> crunch, munch, bang. And she's after paying a fortune to get her teeth done. And I hope her dentist is listening <laughs> to me today because she'll be back with you shortly. I had to get rid of the sweet quickly because I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> You have an answer for everything. You really did. Did your mother ever say that to you? Never. Yes, she did. <laughs> Patsy, help me here. Yes, she did. You have an answer for everything. And then you have an answer for everything. Please, will you try one later on or whatever? I'll just let it melt away. And in then other words, you want to keep me quiet. No. <laughs> not Shut a up, bit of please. it. Not a bit of it. Not a bit of it. Anyway, still to come on late lunch, the Lego lady. Cathy Lampkin is with us next. You'll be interested to hear what she has to say. God, when was it, Louise? 2014, I think I spoke yeah. to her last. A lot of the water has gone Imagine. under the bridge, but she's back with us today on the show. A lot of bridges built. There Lego. Since then, absolutely. Anyway, taking us towards our next interlude on late lunch. Before we talk to Cathy, it's the Black Eyed Peas. And yeah. I got a feeling this Friday afternoon, we have indeed, that you're going to stay with us right through till half past three here on LMFM Radio. Here we go. I got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Now, when Earl Louise said to me, um, did you hear there's a new Lego store opening in Dublin? The two of us got chatting and we cast our minds back a number of years and Louise said, do you remember Cathy, Cathy Lampkin and sure, me, I, I, I forget where I had me breakfast but anyway, with a little bit of jogging of the memory of course I remembered her because she is known as the Lego Lady and the woman behind the, the Bricks Club and she joins me again on Late Lunch. Hello Cathy. Hello there, how are you? A long, t- long time no here. Oh, Cathy, <laughs> it, yeah, it's great. Honestly, what was it, 20, 2013, 2014, around then, was uh, it? I would say it was sometime around that. We weren't that long in business. Yeah. And um, we're still going anyway, we're still around. Yeah. COVID was fairly difficult, but we managed and uh, we're back. Uh, everybody's getting very excited now about Lego, mm. and especially with the new shop in Grafton Street where uh, there'll be a, a big queue shall we say I'd say for the first couple of weeks <laughs> but will because Lego it goes without saying it really has stood the test of time its popularity oh it sure has it sure has um, it's the, one of the best toys and it's been voted I think the world's best toy now mm. it's got its official uh, recognition and it, look you see it even you know with the, even the tiny ones keep coming up it's just you know, the teams that they're coming up with and everything else. There, yes. There's always something new and something interesting, you know, that, that they'll all 
like adults and children alike. Yes. There's something for everybody. And you know the thing about it, it's touchy, feely, play, makey. You know what I'm talking about. I, I sure do, I sure do. And I think that they, the sales must have been huge in the last two or three years because parents wanted their children doing something rather than screen time all the time, you know, because they were in, at school on their screens and everything. So I think Lego became even more popular and, uh, you know, they were following instructions and then, like ourselves, a lot of the children got creative. They mm. kept sending us in photographs of all the fabulous bills that they did, you know. Yes. And, um, I, you know, it still, it still is the best toy, no doubt about it. What about the hazards of the job? Louise uh, prompted me there. Make sure and ask her about the hazards because Louise is still hopping from foot to foot after standing on a piece of Lego in your bare feet, Cathy. Oh, my oh, God. Well, it's the usual It's the usual hazard and we're waiting for a vacuum cleaner to be uh, designed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can, that's just one thing. And if you, it's even worse than if you kneel on a piece. It's yes. so awful when you're sitting down mm. playing with the kids. You can very easily kneel on a piece. Yes. It's the only uh, warning to have. Do gather it up and don't leave pieces round because you will pay the price for it. You sure will. The other thing is this, and and, and you you can confirm this, can't you? Um, The CEO of Lego, now we're bringing it back home here now, aren't we? Yes, we sure are. There's a, a lady called Colette Burke, who is one of the top people now in Lego, and um, it'll be, I'm sure with the Lego store opening in Dublin, I would imagine that a lot of people will be meeting her and interviewing her and everything like yes. that. I haven't met her at all, but I, it's just wonderful that somebody Irish is at, at the top. And yeah. <laughs> especially now with, with the excitement of the, of the shop opening. Of the shop opening is right. Now, yeah. come back to the Bricks Clubs. Will you tell us, just to remind our listeners again, the concept, yeah. what it is? Yeah, we started off, I started, I'm a Montessori teacher, and I always did Lego. My son is seriously into Lego, so I did whatever he did at my school. And then when they went on to primary school, they all wanted to help. We missed Lego, and there's no Lego in the school. So I opened up a club, and sure, I had about 10 clubs in the, in the first month. And it just got bigger and bigger. And now we're, it's like a, a small franchise that we have about 18 people around the country. And hopefully now in September we're going to do an expansion all over the country. It's because it's just it's so good for the kids, and it's so good for kids with, you know, autism, um, any anxiety or anything else like that. It's just you're totally engrossed in our classes. We do after school clubs in schools, and then we do after school clubs in community halls, and then we're we're in a lot of special units now with with children and adults as well with disabilities. Mm. So um, it, it's just, it, it's, it's great for kids for, for you know, for, for absorbing them totally. They learn a lot. Um, it's good for, you know, physically it's good for their hand-eye coordination. Uh, it, it makes them very patient and then, you know, they achieve, no matter what anybody does, you put three bricks together and there's a great sense of achievement, you know? Yes. And, um, uh, you know, we're, we're just... I go on with it, the more I see the benefits of it for our children. Mm. And, and and I'm sure as well other aspects of it, teamwork, I'm thinking, you know. Oh, totally and utterly, yeah, it's really good. We After about six or eight weeks at our clubs, we get them working in pairs and then eventually we get them working in threes. And we also do a transition year program. It's a team building program called Lego Serious Play and it's for, you know, adults and teenagers as well. But that's all about working. In, it's all about teamwork and communication and problem solving, you know, things like that. But I think that the most important is the sense of accomplishment, you know, that people feel when you follow instructions and you make what you want. And then even like ourselves, that we don't follow that many instructions. We learn the basics and then create our own designs. Yes. And it's just, they're so proud. We have a show, they're dying to tell you what they've made. So we have a show and tell now at the end of every class where each one of them will tell you what they built and the story involved in it and how they thought about it and everything else. So, you know, we're, we're, we're adding new things all the time. Yes. You know, we're adding stuff. And uh, this year now we're focusing a lot on kind of architectural stuff. 
mm. where it's um, you know if they see a nice house, we take photographs and we design you know we design it and build it. Or um, lately now we're doing things like you take get pictures of pyramids or the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Mm. You know, I say just to try and introduce. Different things. Yeah, of course, of course, and and and, the, and you know, going. yeah, and, and this thing has evolved over the years, and you see what can be made with it now, from the simplest to, to the greatest as oh, well. Yes, the yes. other thing, like I mentioned, teamwork, but when they're working together, communication skills, I, I take it as well. Oh, Their social skills, all that thing yes. is in there. You've seen all it. All that, mm. yeah. And our favorite thing is when you have a big box of minifigures all broken up. You'll have maybe 10 people around that and everybody can talk about minifigures. They're well able, well able to communicate over something like a box of minifigures. They'll all know about the Pokemons and, you know, they all know a bit about every one of these superheroes and everything yes. else. And they can all talk about it. They'll make friends at Lego. And a lot of the kids will be saying, oh, you know, he's my Lego friend. I meet him at my Lego club. And, you know, so... It's friendships are made, and a lot of them now wouldn't play sports that come to some of our special groups. And but now they have another outlet. They have their Lego class, and um, next year now we're hoping we'll have that everybody will get a, med- a membership badge. And um, you know, it's just have something new coming up at the lines all the time. Yes, and that that's the idea to keep reinventing the wheel uh, for for people listening today who said, you know, that's interesting, but we've never heard of it in our area. Or how would we find out more? Because you are, as you said, expanding again and we pushing are. around the country. Yeah. Have you, your website? Yeah, it's the Bricks Club Ireland is the main. It's a Facebook page and a website. Yes, and um, we have them in a good few areas now. If they go into the Bricks Club, they'll see where our locations are. Yes, and um, any we've a lot of summer camps now starting in, in Meath and Cavan, Dublin, Cork, uh, all, all over. The, all over, they can look them up anywhere. There, we're literally starting on Monday. Okay, and um, we'll be busy now for the rest of the summer. You certainly will. Anyway, look, I just wanted to touch base with you on the opening of the new store, the Irish connection at the very top of the organisation and the timeless nature of Lego and to acknowledge how you've uh, developed over the years and going strong still. Thank you for joining me, Cathy. Thank you very much. Take care. Not at all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Cathy Lampkin there, known as the Lego Lady. And that's the Bricks Club. But there's a, a little nuance when you look it up. It's B R I C K X, the Bricks Club. B R I C K X, the Bricks Club. If you want to check it out, might be another option for your children uh, this summertime in terms of a club or whatever in your area. And I know for a fact, once they get into it, away it goes. They have a whole new interest for life and it does develop children so brilliantly across a range of skills in their lives, which will carry them well for the future. Oh, such a wonderful, wonderful song to brighten up any Friday afternoon. The definitive version, I have to say, Louise, but Miss Kylie Minogue, Miss Kylie Minogue, Louise. No, 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 no. Let me say, let me, let me, let me finish my sentence. Don't interrupt me, as I say, don't interrupt me. I'm not on a political show here. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to too much politics these days. Anyway, Miss Kylie Minogue sang a version of that when she performed in Dublin at one of our concerts and I have to say it was absolutely brilliant as well but that couldn't is match the it. well it went close uh, couldn't it went you're just biased Kylie, Kylie. Oh, I like Kylie but no 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 there's there's Kylie and then there's Annie to, Lennox. We're, we're going to have to play Kylie's version someday for you. Anyway, will you replay the TV theme, please? We have a listen. Have you got it there? Here we go. Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation is satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and maybe satisfy me. Mr. Elvis Presley, the man of the moment with the new movie out. Louise, it's not Adidas, Adidas, it's not Toyota. It's not Levi's. It's not for the National Lottery. And there's some of the answers we got from listeners. It is Louise. Is it Nike? Yes, yeah. you got it. Nike, Nike, it is indeed. I did actually get it wrong though, didn't I? You did. But I reckon he was pl- he was wearing Wranglers or Levi's when he was trying on the Nike. What? <laughs> what? I know. I'm just you know. What? 
Do you really I'm, want I'm to? I'm reaching now. I'm reaching. Oh, you're, you're, you're scraping. You're scraping now to survive. Anyway, Katrina Nixon, uh, Dundalk. Well done to you, Katrina. Uh, we have a little gift to send out in the post. You enjoy. And thanks to everybody who joined in the fun and sent us their answers this Friday afternoon. Now, we're heading up towards top of the hour at three o'clock. And after three, Diana Ross. Yes, I complete her story this week and we have a cracker of a song going back a little in time and David Sheehan is going to look ahead to the weekend in sport GAA soccer and rugby union time to get personal about my artist of the week Diana Ross did you know that Diana has been married twice and has five children she had her first child Rhonda to Motown CEO I mentioned him during the week Barry Gordy But incredibly, listen to this, while she was pregnant, she married another man, Robert Silberstein, with whom she subsequently had two more daughters, Tracy and Chudney. Ross and Silberstein divorced in 1977. Then, a few years later, in 85, she married shipping magnate Arne Nace Jr., became stepmother to his three children and had two sons with him, Ross and Evan. I'm just thinking here, how did she have time to sing with all that going on? But anyway, she certainly did. Diana and Arnie, however, divorced in 2000. She still says to this day that he was the love of her life. But sadly, Arnie died. He fell to his death while mountain climbing back in 2004. She has seven grandchildren, I think she's run out of steam on the romance front. Well, why wouldn't she? She's 78 now. In terms of her beliefs, she's very religious. She's a Baptist in terms of her faith. And, you know, in her life, it hasn't all been plain sailing. No, it hasn't indeed, because she's had to deal herself with alcohol and substance abuse uh, from time to time. Her legacy in the music industry is proven and substantial and that really came across on Sunday last at Glastonbury. So today to bring down the curtain on my Diana Ross week it's Back to the Future and where it all began for Miss Ross and the Supremes. Yes, Miss Diana Ross and the Supremes uh, ending my week of Diana Ross music and her story. And we'll bring you another Artist of the Week on your late lunch next week. Now, looking ahead to sport, as usual at this time with me on Sunday Sport, he's joining me next is our man from Sunday Sport, David Sheehan. As usual, each weekend, busy with sport all round and presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan, joins me. Afternoon, David. Afternoon, Jerry. Lovely to talk to you again. Just before we get into the sporting weekend, I do want to mention a man who passed away in recent days and he was simply wonderful when it came to his family, community, but especially sport in Navan. He was originally from Drogheda, but he made Navan his home. I'm talking about Billy Shields. Park Villa, Navin Cosmos, Navin Tennis Club. David, you would have seen yourself a lot going on about him over the week. Yeah, quite a few friends of mine who would have been involved with Cosmos and, and Park Villa over the years were posting their tributes to, to, to him online during the week. So yeah, very sad news. As you said, huge contributor to, to many sports in the region. And uh, yeah, sad loss. And of course, all our, all our thoughts go out to his family and, and friends. It's a sad uh, sad story this week. They do indeed. May he, he rest in peace. Now let's begin our preview uh, with the League of Ireland. And again tonight, both Dundalk and Drogheda in action. Uh, Adrian Taff in Dundalk. Uh, you're with Drogheda in uh, in Core playing St. Pat's. Dundalk, UCD bottom of the table, uh, a banking home win. Well, I wouldn't just go to that far, Jerry. I mean, Dundalk did have a 2 0 win against UCD at Oriel earlier in the season, but Dundalk fans will know to their cost that up in, up in UCD uh, a little while ago they got a 2 all draw there. They were 2 0 up and a man sent off, ended up drawing 2 all. The thing I'd, want, I'd worry about a little bit for Dundalk is the goal scoring. We expect Pat Hoobin to miss out tonight. They've only scored 28 goals in 20 games, so they're not prolific. They're not putting teams to the sword, really. Now, I would expect them to get the win tonight, but with the exception of a Kinka game against Derry this season, UCD haven't been you know, really hammered by anybody, so it'll be tricky enough opponents. Liam Kerrigan is gone and Colin Whelan is injured, so two big misses for UCD. I think Dundalk will get it done, but I think maybe 1 or 2 nil. I expect them to, to hammer UCD by any means, but they should certainly get all three points. 
Andrade travelled to Pats again. It's the coming uh, uh, together of the two former Drogheda's number one, Tim Clancy, who moved to St. Pats, and his number two, Kevin Doherty, who's taken the reins uh, on the windmill road. Um, last time they met, Pats won in Drogheda, am I right? Was it a draw in Shakur first time around? Yeah. It was a one-all drawn in Shakur earlier in the season, the 1st of April, and then it was a 4-0 win for Pats against Strahada in uh, Head in the Game Park, which was probably the worst performance Strahada put in this season. They were they were well out of it or from early on in that one, and uh, it was a really disappointing display from them, but they were kind of running on fumes a little bit at that point. Um, Pats not in the greatest of form. If you actually look at the form guide, both sides have taken nine points in their last eight games, and I went down to speak to Kevin last week after the game against Sligo, and when I left the gantry, Finn Harps were trailing past two two goals to nil and that game did start a little bit later but I assumed that that's how it was going to end you know and I checked that the score at full time and they scored an equaliser Harps in the 96 minutes so Pat's not in the greatest of form there they were they were kind of two big points to throw away last week up in, in Donegal so I think Trotta you know unbeaten themselves in five I think it is now they've looked very solid at the back um, I think they're well equipped to come away from this one with a, with a draw at least like Pat's I don't think they'll fear them. So, yeah, I'd expect Drogheda to go up there and be very competitive. And they have everybody available, I think, as well, with the exception of Dylan Grimes. So, I'm going to go for it and maybe another one all in that one. I think Drogheda are well set up to come away from Inchicore with at least a point there. And reminding listeners, both games on lmfm.ie this evening. You can pick them up there, Dundalk and Drogheda fans. Let's talk rugby for a moment because Ireland are in the Southern Hemisphere. They played a game during the week and lost with a, a lot mm. of changes in the team. But they'll be picking from a full deck, well, barring injuries, of course, tomorrow. Facing the New Zealand All Blacks at home is a daunting prospect. It is a daunting prospect, and, and particularly so, Jerry, when you see the game is in Eden Park, where New Zealand haven't been beaten since 1994, which is an absolutely incredible record. The last team to win there was France, so they have an absolutely incredible record there. A lot of people are saying it's a, it's a great compliment to Ireland that they chose to play the first test there. I'm not sure I see it quite that way because it's going to be so, so difficult. Ian Henderson, Rob Herring had injured, Mac Hansen tested positive for COVID. And then New Zealand are missing a few players of their own due to COVID with David Havillian. Jack Goodhue out with, with the virus, so they're not available either. And, of course, they also lost a few of their coaching uh, staff this week. So Joe Schmidt has been standing in as coach this week. So that's a, a very familiar face. It's going to be a very interesting game. Ireland have a pretty much full-strength team out, as you said there. Johnny Sexton uh, back at 10. They, they lost to the Marys during the week with a kind of a second-string team. But it's going to be really difficult for them. I'm really looking forward to getting up and watching it. Uh, but I, I just don't think Ireland will be able to get it done. It's They've never beaten New Zealand in New Zealand, as we know. So... I just don't think they'll get it done tomorrow. I think New Zealand will probably come away with a win there, but it's going to be a fascinating game and Ireland will need to put in a performance because we're so used to them seeing that, seeing them doing it on home soil. But the big criticism of them is that they haven't really done it when it counts in World Cups and away to the big nations in, in the tests away, particularly to New Zealand. So yeah, uh, I think New Zealand will probably get the win there, but I'm really looking forward to it. I hope we're not hammered. I shouldn't say that probably, but anyway, that's just a... <laughs> it always, could happen, it could happen. Yeah, it's always in your gut when you when you play them. Now, we'll finish off today with GA and this weekend, hurling in focus, the All-Ireland semi-finals. Can you believe you're saying it's second, third of July round uh, this date? It's amazing with the earlier season. So tomorrow, half past five, Kilkenny, the warrior himself, managing them for her many years there. He's like the Ferguson of, of, of hurling. Up against Clare, the relative new kids in the block in terms of being in contention. This is a fascinating game. It is, yeah. And I saw, I think I saw a stat yesterday that, that Tony Kelly, who's like an absolute superstar, has only played in Crow Park a handful of times. Um, Kilkenny and Clare obviously both defeated in the in the or sorry Kilkenny won the the Leinster championship. I'd say Clare were beaten by Limerick in the Munster final, but those two games were played on consecutive days, and it was like watching a junior B match versus a, a senior match at club level. The the pace and the intensity of the Munster final was on another planet to that of the Leinster final, where Kilkenny just came through against Galway in a fairly disappointing fairly disappointing game, but. They got it done, Jerry. And as you know, when Kilkenny get to the knockout stage, the latter stages of a championship, it's very, very hard to bet against them, as Limerick found out to their cost a few years ago. Now, I do think Clare will come through this one just about. I think they have the better quality players. I think their their ceiling is a little bit higher, if you wanted to say that. But you know what Kilkenny are like. They'll, they'll make it a, a dogged affair. They'll probably tag Tony Kelly. They'll get stuck in. So 
you wouldn't be you would never be surprised if Kilkenny were to win All-Ireland semi-final of course but I do, I do think Clare just have a little bit more quality and if they can produce I think they'll get it done by maybe two or three points it'll be close but I think the banner will, be, will, will do it So Clare to play in the final who will they be up against well you'd have to say looking at the sep- second semi-final on Sunday 3.30 Limerick against Galway I, I personally wouldn't give Galway much of a shout there what do you think yourself David? Well, you know, as uh, as my, my father being a proud Limerick man and I'm going to go along to it myself and I'll, I'll find something green and white to throw on me as well. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. I think I think Galway, if, if Limerick perform as they as we know they can, then there's only going to be one winner, you'd have to say. Like, you, you I, I, I really find it hard to make a case for Galway. But again, you know, you think back to Limerick a few years ago, they were caught by Kilkenny, as I alluded to a moment ago, in the 2019 semi-final. Like a lot of Limerick fans, my father included, is still grumbling about that game and they should be going for five in a row this year. A lot of a lot of them would say they're never happy. But they did get caught against Kilkenny in 2019. They didn't perform on that occasion. I think in a, in a funny kind of way, that game will, will just stay in the back of their minds and they know that they have to come to the party and bring everything they have. And if they do that, they should win. They'll have Keane Lynch and Bar- uh, Barry Murphy back and Peter Casey, we think. So I think, yeah, Limerick, Definitely hot favourites for that one. I I get it hard to see Galway troubling them. I think Limerick could win this one comfortably enough. Let's let's hope so. From my personal point of view, I hope they do. Um, but I think I think I think they will. I just think they have too much for Galway. And if they perform as we know they can, Limerick down, I don't see Galway stopping them. Ah, there you go, Limerick Clare. David says in the final, the old fox Cody with Kilkenny. I'll never discount him. Beware, Clare. There you go. Anyway, David, thanks so much uh, for joining me again on the show today. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, a presenter of Sunday Sport and the League of Ireland Games online this evening. That's it for another week on the show. Big thank you to all our guests who joined us every day, to you who tune in to listen and join in with us on the show, to my producer Louise Wallace. Couldn't do it without her. Thanks a million, Louise. And uh, Eddie Caffrey is standing by to uh, take the hot seat next for the next couple of hours. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new week of the show from 1.30. Take care of yourselves the weekend. Enjoy it. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code 
buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.